Welcome to Monday Morning Coffee with Inside the Firm. Each week, our hosts will be interviewing local, regional, and national business leaders to give you an inside peek into how they lead their business to success in the ever-competitive business climate. Welcome to Monday Morning Coffee with Inside the Firm. Today, I have a very special guest. His name is James Lee. James is the design and manufacturing lead at Benelli Windows and oversees all things nerdy, including design, development, manufacturing, production, equipment procurement, and maintenance, and constant improvement. James has been in the fenestration industry in some capacity or another since, since, finishing, high, since finishing school in 2017 and has been named as an inventor on multiple patents. He has a Bachelor of Science in Mechanical Engineering from Arizona State University. James, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm, 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 I'm happy to be here. Yeah. Peel back. Uh, well, we're happy to have you, obviously. Peel back the onion a little bit for us about your background. What got you into mechanical engineering and then ultimately to Benelli? Definitely, definitely. So uh, in um, 2013, I believe, I'm from the Chicago suburbs, so I transferred out to Arizona because I had some family and some friends out there kind of had the whole college experience and uh, transferred in as a, a fine art major quickly came to realize that, uh, that I, I liked it, but it wasn't, I wasn't going to be successful at it. Um, but I always knew how I, I liked how things worked. So I, uh, I thought I had a, a few mental breakdowns and like, all right, I'm going to go to engineering. So um, four years later I graduated. And while I was in um, school, I um, interned for a, a local window and door company. They, uh, they were gracious enough to, um, to offer me a position out of school and since then, it's been uh, windows and doors um, uh, day and night, and I, I, I love it. It's, it's, a, it's a lot of fun. What an interesting pivot uh, from fine arts to engineering. I mean, honestly, that seems like it's very very polar opposites. Um, did you, were you an art major? I mean, were you big into art, like, leading up to college? Is that where that came from, high school yeah. sort of thing? So my dad, growing up, was uh, he, used to, he was a professional sign painter. He would paint, like, the um, – like the, the murals on sides of buildings or like a, a car dealership if they're running a seasonal sale, but whatever it may have been. Um, uh, eventually the, the economy took a turn and he had to get a, get a, a different job. So I kind of was raised with creatives and uh, my, 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 my siblings are creative. And I, um, I knew early on that like I, I had the bug and I, I like to, I would you know, take apart your Tonka toys. And, and, and so it was, it was more so it was, it was a, I like to know how things work. And I also like to, see how I can improve them. And it's a, it's a blessing and a curse. So, so I, um, I initially thought I was going to go the art route. So I got really big into graphic design because it was something I could do with, with um, my limited resources as far as I can go out there and, and sort of buy, buy a print shop and start, start doing serigraphy. So I um, got into that and that kind of, I took that through my community college. And then eventually once I decided to transfer, I um, transferred in as a, as a, a printmaking major, which is like, um, relief prints, woodcuts, etchings, mm -hmm. uh, screen printing. Um, and then realized I was good at it. it, worked like that in college. And, but I, I realized that kind of, I had kind of hit, no, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say I was asymptotically approaching kind of like uh, what I was going to do for the rest of my life. And I didn't think that I was going to, it was really, it was tailored for what, what I liked. So I made that the choice there. It was either going to go industrial design or mechanical engineering. Um, and I decided to go mechanical engineering because it, it was harder. Um, and then I got to a point where I was like, I can't imagine going any other path because um, math was never my strong suit. I mean, it was growing up, but then I took a few years off. And then I, uh, I got back into it. I'm like, I can't imagine, I can't imagine not knowing it. It's, uh, so it's, uh, I'm very grateful for, for the, uh, the, the route I took. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, and we're glad that, that you took that route because now you're here talking to us. So um, one other thing about you before I kind of want to start digging into Benelli a little bit about, you know, the company, the windows you guys do, what you're doing there is I, I noticed there's a note here about podcasts. You're a big podcast listener and you're obviously you're on one right now. What's your, what's your, what's your top three podcasts you listen to every week? Oh, uh, so I do a lot of, um, I do a lot of, uh, I think, I, I think most of my, most of my podcasts are comedy podcasts. I do, right. I do do a lot of, uh, I do do some, some like murder mystery ones, which I'm kind of, kind of my guilty pleasure. Um, so there's one on YouTube I watch called, uh, that chapter, big fan of, um, there's another one called Jim Can't Swim. It's like a criminal psychology breaking down kind of the body language of behind interrogations. Um, and then uh, uh, Rogan's a big one for me. And then I have a, a, a comedian named Tom Segura has a podcast called Your Mom's House that uh, it's a good kind of uh, kind of um, silly laugh. Thanks, Gene. Thanks, Gene. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I, I, I'm a mommy too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I don't <laughs> miss an episode. Or Christina, she's all laid up right now. So no, I know. Big fan. I'm a big fan of them. <laughs> I was hoping you would say that. Yeah. Uh, very, very cool, buddy. Tell us about Benelli. Um, wh- when you when you first got there, you know, compared to where you're taking it now today, what are you doing to prove it? Tell us everything about Benelli, and maybe kind of peel back. The, if you if you know the history, we would love to hear some 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 formation about that. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So I guess I'll go from my perspective first, and I'll kind of give you the backstory on kind of what what I what I was brought in to do, and kind of what what I'm what I'm doing now. So I um I was I had left the industry after after my, my first job out of out of school, and I was uh just working at a as a, at a at an importer someone who, who did a lot of like hotel bathrooms and stuff like that. It was kind of a it was kind of an interim job. I didn't see myself there for very long, and then I was approached by uh by, by my uh, my boss Karen Wyatt, who's uh, I'm very grateful. He he said, hey, I have this opportunity. There's this company that um was run as bought by Pella a few years back, um and they wanna uh, they wanna move it to to Mesa, um and I'm like. Yes. I'm like, when, when do I start? So since then, as we've been, uh, my, my first few weeks, I was back and forth through San Francisco trying to, trying to learn how this, how this business works or how, how their business works. I was familiar with a much larger, um, much larger window and custom window door company worked. So it was great to see kind of the contrast between what that is and what, where this was and kind of how do I get the backbone of the jellyfish, if you will, to make it, make it that. So, what we're doing now is we've, we're finally putting the finishing touches on, on a lot of the move. Um, uh, there's a lot of long lead time things like contractors and new office builds out and racks and a lot of things that, that I, I uh, didn't consider as I, I came from a, a design background. I, I was never, I was never, it was a, a, a steep learning curve, but I, I'm grateful that, that I went through it. Um, so we're finally getting to that point where I can stick a step back and let's focus on, on, on these new products. But they, uh, Benelli, Benelli has been around since, the late 60s mostly operating in in the uh the san francisco area um they built kind of a, a personal relationship with a lot of the contractors um but what what, what we're kind of has to do is still still keep everyone there um happy and excited about what benelli's doing uh, um so still keeping a presence in that in that san francisco market while also trying to tool up for growth for for, for the rest of the country so that's that's part of the challenge is is logistically getting things back there because they used to used to have like a, a have a uh, a landing zone there now i'm shipping 53 foot trailers there and trying to figure out how to how to navigate these tight san francisco roads not not a problem that i think that that i was if you brought me back five years i'm like hey this is going to be something i'd be like you're what are you talking about but i'm, yeah. I'm really excited for, for 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 where it's been or how, how i've gotten here um but i'm really excited about the next few years because we're we're kind of revamping a lot of these new products and um 
re-releasing things. And so it's, it's been kind of, it's kind of like a startup with training wheels because I'm, we're, I'm very grateful for, for the resources and, and, and the support that the, our parent company Pell has given us. Everybody there has been, been amazing. Um, uh, it's, 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 I got to pinch myself sometimes. It's like, I, I'm put in this position to, 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 to do this and with, with the trust of all these very, very smart people. So it's, uh, it's super, super, um, humbling. Um, but yeah, yeah, much, um, um, I'm in the middle right now, right now I'm about to go work on, work on some more CNC programs for, for some of the new products we're designing. Um, so it's, it's, a I'm wearing a lot of hats. It's quite exciting. It's quite stressful, but it's, uh, I wouldn't change it for the world. Yeah. Yeah. You seem to be at the hub of everything. Like you talked about from the office move to logistics of getting products out there and even down to the assembly line, it sounds like. So is it a complete move from the San Francisco over to Arizona? So we still have, um, uh, we still have uh, a lot of our sales staff in, in uh, San Francisco and um, they're, they're still doing a, a great job. Um, and we're still trying to do, do the best that they can. And I kind of feel bad for them because a lot of, a lot of, a lot of the people who were uh, our production workers, our, our line workers, were didn't, n- no fault of their own, didn't want to uproot their entire family. They've been there sure. for 25 years to, to come down here and, and start essentially a new life, right? Um, so it's been a lot of, a lot of let's learn the current product as well as let's say we can build it the, at the same level of quality that, that these contractors who've been using for the last 20, 25 years have been used to doing. So that was um that was quite the the, the eye opening experience about like okay well I have to learn I have to learn this as well as move the equipment as well as release some new products so it's it's been a lot of pushing the rope uphill um but it's 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 it's, it's a it's a challenge and it's exciting yeah well, if you could point to maybe just a couple of those improvements that you guys are making is I mean I assume at least one of them has to do with energy efficiency and and then maybe is there another one related to like an ease ease of construction and installation or you know, even architecturally, aesthetically, I'd uh, love to hear about it. Definitely, definitely. I, I actually have something to show. I can I can share my screen if, 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 uh, if it'll allow me to. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Let me. Um, I think you just have to um, click on the bottom button there, share screen. Great. And you should have access to that. I do. Sorry, one second. I got to find which window I was looking for. Awesome. There it is. There we go. Perfect. Okay. Great. So a lot of what Benelli's done in, in the past has been, um, they've been they've, they've been aluminum the entire the entire way. What's unique about aluminum is that it'll it'll allow you to get smaller smaller section depth for for similar strength profiles. So in some some areas of the country where strength is an option or a requirement, we have to uh, we have to engineer that into it. So part of part of the challenge with designing these new new products is that we have to foresee all of these configurations, all the ease of assembly, all of these things at the onset before we, we move to, to an extruder, which would, could be, could be 12 weeks to 16 week lead time. So, mm-hmm. so the problem that I have here, I have here was I kind of want to show to illustrate kind of what's, what's, what aluminum has done in the last, the last 10, 15 years. And, and it's largely driven from a lot of the European innovation. Um, there's a few, uh, a few European, European companies really pushed the, the design and the, the, the innovation on, on what I'm about to show you. But essentially what, what, what we do is, Thermally broken um, aluminum windows and doors. So, what the thermally broken means is there's these little these little teal. Um, I think it's probably showing teal on your screen. Uh, it is, little, yep. Little teal uh, isobars or or thermal struts, as we call them, that that need to be crimped into these these profiles, and it, it adds a, a level of complexity for the extruder and a level of complexity for us. But but what they what they allow us to do is 
I don't know if you've ever seen it at a storefront or like, I don't know, uh, you name it, um, that when, when it's hitting the sun, aluminum's a notoriously a very, very good conductor of heat. Mm-hmm. So that's why I use it for heat sinks and, and, and all that fun stuff. So they, you can, you start to sweat because I mean, the aluminum just transfers that heat right inside. But what these are, what these do is they give you essentially a conduction break. Um, so the heat, the energy has to, you have to travel through this, through this, that connection into the strut, which is uh, like a, like a, a glass filled nylon um, that isn't a good conductor of heat and then, and then conduct into there. And there's some areas of the country, like I know a lot of Southern California have, have certain energy codes and they have in the next five or 10 years, you have to meet these certain energy codes or they won't even allow your, your product to be in there. So we have to kind of plan for the next five or 10 years where energy codes are going to go as well as what architects are going to like as far as sight lines, as far as configurations, as far as what, what are the things that they, that they think are important. Um, and, and then kind of, hopefully we get it right. And, and of course it's a lot of, it's a lot of how fast we're running. It's a lot of uh, circle back and tweak that circle back and tweak that a lot of running changes, which, which provides a, a very, uh, a very, um, uh, it, it provides a, a nice challenge as far as uh, for me from an engineering and documentation and control pro- process. But what's cool about aluminum is you can, you can design it such, such that you can have all those configurations and all of, all of these options. So, so like what we're looking at here is, is, a uh, a rail for one of our, our new hinge door mm-hmm. that's available on our website and um like look at this one will actually allow you to accommodate all the different glass options so maybe stc is a requirement or or different um different uh impact things granted we're, we're not going off the, after impact but that's essentially what you what you could do as far as what um as far as how, the options you have to kind of build in build into these these profiles so it's it's a lot of a lot of front heavy work um and, and the more the more due diligence you do on the front end the more kind of 3d checking and corner sections and stuff the easier you make it for um things on on the back end when we're trying to build it so we're um we're, we're learning a lot very quickly and we're uh but it's uh it's 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 uh it's exciting yeah yeah and so on that note i think that i'm gonna i'm gonna actually take back control here okay. sharing the screen a little bit and then i want to pull up um so i went to if everybody didn't already know listen to the podcast go to go to uh We'll do it the hard way here. Pelluxury.com forward slash the firm. And then you you can go in and check out Bonelli. So what what James is speaking about architecturally is I think we're always architects, especially myself, even in, even when it comes down to college, when we were designing in college at a very um, elementary and cursory level, we want thin lines. We want a very modern kind of look typically. And that's exactly what this kind of the, the Bonelli will do for you, but, but you don't have the thermal brakes like we're talking about with, with traditional storefront aluminum. So really it's the best of the both worlds is from what, what I'm understanding from an energy standpoint, plus a look standpoint, and you can just browse through these and take a look at them. And they're exactly, they're exactly what I'm describing here. Super thin, clean, beautiful lines, but you still are matched with that energy efficiency that we all wanted, that we all want to achieve. We all love the environment and there's nobody on earth who wants to a crap environment and we all want to save money at the end of the day, right? Green, green is always, you know, kind of dictating that. Um, so super helpful. That was, that was great, James. Thanks. Yeah. So that's, what's kind of cool about aluminum is, is um, I, I think it, I think it kind of, kind of got bad rap before this, this new technology kind of, kind of mm-hmm. came out and, and was, was, I mean, on the market now it's, it's, it's having a resurgence, especially in, in where we see in our, in our Southwest kind of bread and butter market. It's uh, a lot of, it's, it's super, it's super flexible material. It's, you can powder coat it. You can analyze any color you like. It's it's uh it's 
it's robust. It just it just doesn't it presents a little more challenges as uh, as opposed to like wood. So if I if we mess up a, a hole, um, wood I can just put a dowel put in there, some wood glue, and redrill it. Yeah. But with uh with aluminum, it's a it's a it's an eight to ten week change, and you got to figure out what to do with the rest of that stock. So so it's a, it's a unique challenge. Um, so that's why all the front end work is so so important, especially especially with uh with aluminum. But uh I uh I think I think it's overall it's the the finish and the aesthetic of like the matte black or the matte black aluminum or the, the clear satin aluminum is just it just is unmatched. Uh, but maybe I'm biased. I'm I'm definitely biased. That's all right. I like your biasy a hundred percent. So uh, one other one other thing. Uh, when it comes to the Benelli windows and it looks like, are they the same in the sense of aluminum storefront where they're direct set? And for everybody listening who doesn't know what that is, basically there's two kinds of ways to install a window. One is you have these nail fins in the outside and then you put the window in the opening and then you're nailing to the wall, right? And then if, if they're sort of aluminum storefront, um, those are called typically uh, direct set. So they get set inside the opening and then attached with either some kind of strapping, um, but there's no nail fin. How, how does Benelli get installed? So we have, we, um, we, we understand that architects want to have both. So, so we have, we have this, a, a slide in a T-slot attached nail fin that if you want, if you want the nail fin options, we can do that. And if you want the direct side, we can, we can do that as well. So, so we're, that's a, that's another part of the, uh, the flexibility that we have to kind of consider at, at, the, at the front end. So all of our, all of our, uh, the new products that we are um, working on right now, I mean, with the exception of, uh, um, some of some of our certain door products um, will will have both options. Very cool, good. So 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 really, you guys can match whatever aesthetic we're going for, whether it's that sort of uh, the profile where we see it from the outside versus it's inset, super clean, trying to minimize those sort of lines and everything like that. Um, yeah, so we're actually in the middle of building out our our, our new office, and it's kind of be a kind of a hybrid showroom type uh, workspace and. That's kind of exactly what we're doing right now. So I, I, I get the opportunity to be the architect and then, okay, I think this would flush out with here because of, of this and the aesthetics and this is how it's going to work. So it's, I'm putting on the different, the different cap again to, to do it. So it's, it's, a, it's, it's really exciting and really cool, but it's, yeah, the, the flexibility that, that, that we've designed into it is, uh, is we're able to compete and match anything in the market. Yeah, it definitely looks like it for sure. Um, any, any other brand names, we won't mention them because they don't need any publicity, but not yeah, all the way. Describe your perfect working environment. Describe like the what would what is a perfect way a an architect, designer, even a homeowner would would come to you guys. You know, where at in the process should they be starting to talk, speak with you guys early on, middle, towards the end? Does it matter? Um, unpack that for us. Yeah, definitely. Well, I've kind of largely largely been disconnected from that process. Being being, I would see sort of the only things that would make it to me would be kind of. Uh, strength requirements or, or STC requirements or thermal requirements or, or some oddball configuration, some crazy shape that has a, has a wild bend in it that, that we need to make sure we can do. Um, but I think it's always best to loop us in as early in the process as possible because we might have, um, we might have recommendations. Hey, maybe you should try this with that, or this isn't going to work for X, Y, and Z. So mm-hmm. it's, I, I, I personally, I, I like to, I like to get everything out there at the onset and then we'll iterate through and you always come up with a, with a better solution. So, so that's, that's the way that, that I do it, but, but I'm largely disconnected from, from, from the front end and that's kind of on purpose. Yeah. 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 You're, you're getting the nuts and bolts done and all the logistics and making sure that the windows can actually happen. My, my suggestion to anybody would be as early as in the process as you can, because, uh, because, and, and that way you could, they could leverage your guys' flexibility in the product you've designed. It seems like to its, to its ultimate, um, end, which, which would be something, something beautiful 
at the same time, it's, it's fully functional and, and kind of gets everything all in one package sort of thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, we have a team of super, super talented estimators and, and, and drafters that, that will be able to kind of give you our, our best options. Like, hey, this is what we think is going to work, but these are what's, what the trade-offs you're going to have to have. So as soon if you have elevations or takeoffs with, with ROs and this is what I think I want, that's, that's never too early to get in contact with our, our, our sales staff or, or our estimating team. 100%, yeah. Um, I see also here that you're an, you're an avid inventor. You're a lifelong learner. Obviously, you have to be at this point if, you, if, you're, if you're an inventor. Um, if, if you could, what are some inventions you're most proud of? And maybe you, could, you don't have to get specific. I understand there's always patents involved. And then if there's a few books that you'd like to recommend to people like yourself or people that are listening to this podcast. Yeah, so um, uh, the, the patents, the patents that I have uh, are currently owned by the, my my previous employer. Um, I'm still listening on them, um, but they're they're for fenestration products. Um, so it's it's a lot of a lot of small novel things. And one thing about the fenestration industry is, and, and you probably know this better than anybody, is that people it's, it's, it's rectangles with glass in them. It's people have figured out usually the best way to to do it. Um, so when you when you have a novel a novel thing, it's like okay, let's 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 nail that down. And that's kind mm-hmm. of the perspective that 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 my previous employer had, had taken. And it was um, it's it's not necessarily um, it's not necessarily it's it's um, super super novel in the industry. I'm sure people have done it, but it's, it, was, it was it was it was a lot of a lot of uh, strategy things from there. Um, as far as books, I'd recommend um, Tim Ferriss has got a good book called Tools of the Tools of the Tools. I don't know if you are, if you're familiar, but um, I'm I'm a fan of his work. Um, but there's a there's a I read a lot of nonfiction. Um, there's a book that I read recently called The Universe in the Review Mirror. Kind of talks about like the theory of relativity and how, what it means and how it how it how it kind of affects you and kind of trying to explain that in, in certain ways. And a lot of a lot of um not necessarily not necessarily like the entrepreneurial or um like kind of like self help books, but it's more so like I want to read something nerdy. I want to read about someone who's really gone deep on a topic and like can can really. And so you can kind of get the synopsis of, of, of all of their work. So it's, it's like learning from others mistakes or, or their, their, their mistakes they didn't make. They're all research. So I got, I'm a, I'm a big fan of learning efficiently. Yeah. Well, it sounds like, I like, I like that you have sort of have your, it seems like you have your feet in two worlds at once, which is really great, James. And it maybe it comes from the fact that you were going to go into fine arts and now you're in this very heavy mechanical engineering field where it's numbers and logistics and all of that. So maybe you're, you're, even goes back to your podcast you're listening to, right? Some super silly, funny ones. And then um, also some ones that are kind of technical when it comes to like the murder mystery or whatever. Um, so you talked about mistakes. Uh, knowing what you know now, and if you could go back in time, when you first started your engineering career, what is one piece of advice you would give yourself? I would be, so I've, I've learned, I've learned in school, they kind of, they kind of, make it seem like, okay, everything's, you have to, you, you, it's, everything's, you have to double, triple check everything, everything, but before you do it, so, because everything's costly at the, at the, the back end, which is totally true. Um, what they don't prepare you for is, is how the different priorities align. So you might, you might have to, okay, you might have to, you might have to take, make a shortcut here to the circle back because we need this for this date or, or whatever it may be without getting too specific. But I would say, don't be so hard on yourself, but the same at the same token, the reason I'm so hard on myself is the reason that I'm that I'm in the position. So it's like I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change or give myself any advice other than like keep your head up. Like this is just what it is. Um, learning now, I guess I'm, I guess I'm j- not jaded, but like kind of uh, 
no longer as green as I once was um, to the industry. I kind of see how, how the sausage is made, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm very, I'm very grateful for that experience, but I'm, I'm the type of person who kind of learns the hard way. It's like, I got, I have to, I have to mess something up or I have to, I have to go through that and freak myself out for me to really cement that into me. Yeah. Maybe don't dwell on the mistakes, right? Like yep. you're going to, you're going to make them. Don't dwell on it. Don't be so hard on yourself. Move on, plow ahead, learn from them. I think everybody can obviously benefit from something like that. Yeah, uh, exactly. It's not necessarily just, just like a, a, a work thing. I mean, that's, a, that's in life too. Like you want to, you want to, you want to look back and be able to see what you've done wrong, but you don't want to dwell there. And that's kind of, kind of the, the, the mindset I try to, I try to adopt, but it's not, not, not the easiest always. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool, James. This has been a pleasure speaking with you learning about Benelli in a little bit more detail. Um, seeing just how flexible the system is while at the same time, so aesthetically beautiful and, and functional in terms of energy with that thermal break, beautiful stuff. Um, where can people find, follow you and obviously the windows? Uh, you can find me on, um, on, uh, on Instagram or, um, yeah, mostly on Instagram. It's S U P I M F A T J J. It's, um, not, um, and then you can file, find, uh, get in contact with us through any of the, the Pelopedia sense or, um, uh, our website directly. Um, I appreciate you having me. Thank you so much. It's been, a, it's been a pleasure. Yeah. Um, podcast I've ever been on. This is, this has been great. Very cool. All right. Thanks. Take care, James. Thank Appreciate you your time much, today. Thanks. Take care. Thank you.